Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 89. And we have our friend, the myth, the man, the legend, Yev Marosenko's here. Hey, Yev, uh, welcome back. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Hi, Amy. Great to be here again. If you guys uh, have not listened to the first episode with Yev, you can go back and find it. I think it's around 20, I think episode 20. Um, but uh, yeah, Yev, catch people up to uh, kind of where you are now, what you're doing now, uh, you know, maybe a little, a, little, a little quick background and then where you are now, what you're doing now. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the focus is still trying to bridge the Amazon world with off Amazon world. So it's with strategies and software and just overseeing a lot of brands and Facebook ad spend and getting into Google ad spend, just seeing like, what's the, what's the best thing to amplify Amazon, but also the, the diversity of strategies, just so many brands doing so many different things. So it's still being with the focus there, uh, just bridging external marketing with Amazon and uh, the, the, the um, not necessarily like changing the focus, but getting into more newer stuff is there's, there's ways you can amplify strategy. So it's me learning more about and getting more, whether it's in like software feature development or partnerships on how can you amplify that off Amazon and Amazon. And that's through uh, like buying brands or buying traffic asset. And then on top of that, amplifying with Facebook ads. So it's getting into a little bit like higher level aside of just like, here's the tactic that you run. So that's been kind of like more, newer the past half year. Nice. And I know that um, uh, you were doing uh, the Facebook stuff, but then you also started uh, rolling out some some uh, Google integration, right? Some AdWords stuff? Yeah, Google. Uh, it's, it's tricky. It's not as good as Facebook on the um, like attribution side and like the simplicity of, of integrations, even though Google ads is like older, does a lot of history, it's, it's simpler. But uh, yeah, we started it. And it's one of those things like it just needs more time, more testing. And there's always a small percentage of brands that like figure it out and run with it. But for it to be like a little bit more popularized, it's harder just because it's not like, uh, it's not as, as generalized and uh, applicable to how Facebook is. And that's more on the technical side because the way Google works. Yeah, it, it's that, that yeah, it's funny to me because um, I know that, and I, I'm welcoming you over to the dark side of the force uh, in terms of ads, because I know you're hard, you're hardcore Facebook. And I was like, what about AdWords? Um, and people are finally starting to, to take notice with, with Google because um, the ads are a lot cheaper. And if you, if you can dial it in, um, you know, you can get some, some really great conversions uh, for a lot cheaper than you can with Facebook. Also in terms of, you know, I've talked about this a lot, uh, but, uh, you know, if you're selling office supplies, you know, Facebook and Instagram are visual platforms and to uh, try to market, you know, printer paper on one of those would be pretty difficult um, unless you get creative and, you know, do like a dollar shave club type uh, video or, or ad, which, you know, you, you can get creative, but most people have a pretty hard time with that. Um, so Welcome to the AdWords side. On the AdWords side, give us uh, some of you know some of the things like now that you've been digging into AdWords. What's I know you're a data guy. Give me some of the data. Give me some of the um, you know take a step back and from a uh, kind of macro view. Like what are you learning uh, in terms of Google Ads as it relates to Amazon and e-commerce? Yeah, first bigger picture in terms of what brand should do it or not, or what Amazon sellers should do it or not. You have to think about 
the differences between Google and Facebook and whether it's conceptually or strategically where Google generally is more like a, not necessarily a warmer audience, but more like search intent, buying intent. And there's less things you can do on Google compared to Facebook. Like Facebook, it's all about creatives. On Google, you could say like, yes, wording and copy is important. What, uh, like how you're writing the ads, but at the same time, structure organization is more important because then you have to start testing and leveraging all the Google AdWords, all of the settings, all of the options where that's almost more important, how you're targeting. Uh, so you kind of have to be like, depends where you are organizationally. Are you good on operational stuff? Like maybe you'll have more chance of success in Google because that's a big advantage there just because you can't like do all of the stuff with images. Like, yes, you can getting into like YouTube and like display ads and all of that, but just generally search intent while on Facebook, there's just so much variety of who it's working for or not, where you have like these big spenders that are spending tens of thousands of dollars like per day on Facebook ads. And sometimes it's like, like, like three or five campaigns. And for some it's like 50 campaigns. So there's like this big variability of making it work. And it's all about like, sometimes it's the creative, sometimes it's the targeting or the funnel. So you have to uh, first, like the bigger picture, see like, do you need Google or Facebook? And even like more importantly, you know, there's all these other channels in 2021, do you need a diversification as a way to make others effective? Not as like a protecting your Amazon branded diversifying, but it's more about, can you make your funnels more effective of diversifying for that reason? So now it's a different way why you need to think about trying other channels. So that's kind of like bigger picture before getting into like numbers or tactics, which you uh, want to get into. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh there's definitely a lot in terms of, you know, people are, are scared away, you know, early on it was, you know, Facebook. Now people are, are very scared away with, with Google and, and things like that, just because, you know, if you're not an ad person, uh, you know, diving into those dashboards can be really overwhelming. Same thing with PVC, right? People, that's like one of the biggest um, pain points with so many people on Amazon. Um, so in terms of that, um, you know, are, are you are you still working with clients or are you just doing software stuff uh, uh, ex, uh, exclusively? Mostly software, anything outside of software, it's, it, it's got more into like custom development because I realized that through the software, there's so many brands that are doing different things. Like half of the features I've been launching over the years, most brands don't use them, only a very small percentage do and they like take it and run with it because it's like advanced and then uh, there's there's kind of like the part about you have a software and you have to make content and like get case studies and like build it out for everybody to use it. Uh, but but for me, I'm like prioritizing where coming out with new features and then seeing like which brands are using the different features. So I realized that you kind of have to do like the broader and deeper approach somehow at the same time. It's like focus versus not focus. So it's been more uh, just like taking feedback from brands, but building it where I just care about what that one brand wants because they've maximized a certain feature where like, you know, sometimes I have like nerdy videos about geeking out about something for an hour. And it's where 99% of the brands, they're like, you probably actually don't even need it because just focus on the simpler stuff. But some brands they're like, this is exactly what we figured out we want to do. So how can we automate that even more or scale it up even more? So it's gotten more into like this custom stuff where that leads to like, well, that's more uh, effort, engineering resources. So then it, it has to make me think on a different level where, you know, like a hundred dollar per month software subscription, like that's not gonna cover when there's so much time going for one brand. 
So it's making me think like, what are like a lot of these Amazon brands there, they, um, some of them are growing like 2X, some are just growing by 10%. So what are those differences? And a lot of times it's, it's either like confidence in investing in more marketing or having better processes, or it's some sort of partnerships, whether it's on the marketing side or financial side. So it's been uh, kind of like forcing me to like learn these areas that I don't know is how can I like build software and uh, like not have the brand pay anything because I'm incentivized more on like their future um, benefit. And there's different ways of doing that, you know, like not necessarily like equity, but different like partnerships of having a, a brand amplify. So it's, I'm thinking from everything from a software perspective, like how things can be scaled and automated, originally starting off from a main manual way of doing something uniquely. And then from kind of like a business perspective, more about how can a brand benefit, um, just like a win-win scenario where I can connect them with another brand or traffic asset or software feature that it's like a missing piece for them. And it'll like help them grow more like double as opposed to just a 10% increase because the 10% increase that's just like internal slow learning over time. That's going to happen naturally. Um, so, testing. Yeah. How did you discover, you know, the opportunity to work with, you know, primarily Amazon sellers and helping them bridge the gap of those external ads? Like, how did you discover like, hey, this would be a really great business to get into. This is the, the best software to build for me. Um, like how did that come about because it, it doesn't seem like it's a like a natural progression it almost seems like it's more like okay you should be doing this and you're not doing it and you know almost like you you have to educate people on that i know andy and i always talk about external traffic and, and building out those external channels um but how did how did you get into this opportunity versus like maybe you know starting selling on amazon and discovering it that way yeah, well, I like the answer would be more like when I started versus like now, because these opportunities are always happening and you have to decide like where you are of like what to focus on, what to scale. And there's two parts. There's like a business reason behind it and more like a, a mental or mindset reason where one, you have to be ready for, for a change. So, so originally it was doing marketing for a brand. This was for Heroclip. Like it was an internal problem where just like external marketing, it was working, but we were barely scaling it because of the tracking issue. So it was kind of like doing it for our, ourselves and uh, like building the software was on the side. So that was more like my mental learning where like I figured out how to do it manually. We're using it inside the company, it's working, but I need to uh, like take my own risk and I just being part of a company where like, all right, this is actually a software, like it'll grow. So it's me taking the step of turning it into my own business. Over time, relating that how now there's like more features and this has to do with interactions with Amazon sellers. Like that's pretty much it. It's, it's like seeing a lot of data and talking with brands, just seeing different needs. And this is where some brands there, they like think like very like long-term, some different short-term, some are like the way they're applying different features and softwares. So like one from a business sense, it's making me think like which features does each brand need? So like one, I always, when I, when I'm like, you know, there's days where you're like, all right, like, what do I do? I'm not sure what to do. I always come back to, Right. Like for me, number one is like innovation. So let me just go to like thinking of innovate. Uh, you know, there's like impact. I like impact. There's like all of these factors that decide. But for me, like innovation, number one. So if I'm having like a confusing day or where I'm like not helpful or something like that. I'm like, all right, let me just think of a feature that's probably useless, but nobody has it. So let's see where it's going to go. And it's always going that route. Let me come up with something that isn't out there 
And then as data comes in, then I'll decide if it's actually useless or not, or what brands are saying. So that's more from like a business standpoint where then some people start using it and then it kind of gains popularity. And what would you say is the most, you know, the most common thing that you help sellers with? I think, you know, you have so much data in your brain and you have so much knowledge, but what do you think is the biggest benefit that your software offers in terms of impact to an Amazon seller? Yeah, there's a number one direct, a number one indirect benefit. One is um, just like from, from Zon Tracker feature, you see attribution, so you kind of see sales, you're, you're, you're able to attribute more the effect of your Facebook ads. Um, and then there's like the GeoRank software, but that's still a lot of question marks there of like how, how to use it, how different brands use it. But kind of talking about the attribution side, um, just the direct effect is seeing the data, and then the indirect effect is more important. This is, it gives confidence for advertisers or media buyers, Amazon sellers to put more into their budget or to kill bad ads. So you're saving budget and you're able to experiment more. So it's kind of like a confidence thing where like, oh, actually my ROAS is a little better than I thought. So I'm okay going from $20 per day to 50 or $1,000 per day to, you know, uh, just in increasing it. So it's kind Got of like it. where most of us are, we're like running Facebook ads and we're like, I don't, I don't even know what that did or if it did anything. So what you're doing is allowing them to actually track if they're running Facebook ads to their Amazon listing, you're allowing them to actually track what is happening there and who's clicking where, is that right? Uh, sort of. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's tracking that and it's, essentially the purchase attribution. So regardless of what your funnel is looking like, if you're using it for ranking campaigns or whatever is the hottest strategy of today, like using that or just running traffic to your website and 12% of the traffic is gonna spill over to Amazon anyway from your website. So it's just tracking that and, 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 and scaling it more, like, right? That's the goal of a lot of the marketing. We're like, all right, I need more ranking or more reviews or more sales or like whatever it is. And almost everybody says, well, if it's working, then my budget is limitless, right? I'll get more inventory, whatever, I'll, I'll scale it. So it's actually having that confidence and building it into your plan, like your 30 day plan or however you're planning that actually like this is working. So now I need to scale this more. And then this gets into uh, like, what I see differences between brands is, well, now I need to test another funnel or diversify the funnel because I have one that's like working. So now let me, um, you can think of it as diluting your resources, but more about like diversifying where now that I'm getting sales or the ranking is working or it's like close to break, like break even or whatever your thresholds are, like now I can actually experiment more. Um, think about more like long-term ranking Amazon effects where I don't need to like do a, a giveaway or hundred percent off or rebates or whatever, because like, yes, I need some of that to like get some momentum going, but because something is working and I'm tracking it even better, now I can try some of the strategies that are way harder to do. Maybe they're content marketing related, but they're more long-term. So I can start right. having confidence, putting resources into that. And I know Andy and I always get questions like what external traffic channels should I choose? You know, that's one of the biggest questions that we get. Do I use Google ads? Should I get on Facebook? What should I do Pinterest? You know, what external traffic strategy should I use? what would you be your best piece of advice for a brand that's on Amazon looking to kind of start getting off of Amazon, start getting to that advertising going? Is there a progression? Is there somewhere they should start? Is there a strategy behind that? 
absolutely and this is where first you have to you have you need iterations where this is more dependent on the seller and your goals like do you want to go like have a big goal and reverse engineer how to do that reverse engineer that for example like i need to have a million dollars per year more more sales or that's what i want in a year so break it down in two months and you know you need to spend like five hundred dollars per day on facebook ads so that's kind of like top down or the other way we're like all right i'm gonna start with twenty dollars per day see the effect and increase it so that's kind of like do you have more or less confidence on you want to start more aggressively or less aggressively and this may be decided by your product if you're like a very aggressive category or like you always have to go like um you don't worry about long tail keywords. You're just like, I have to get to the top or not there. You may be more comfortable with a more aggressive strategy. And this is where you either go for the low hanging fruit. It's like set up retargeting everything where it's kind of like the middle and bottom of the funnel conversions, making sure that like you're just getting extra sales from somewhere from, from any channel, like Facebook ads, because like retargeting, like it's working and it's like more visual retargeting ads work really well on, on Facebook. It's a great starting point. And you're going to get a low volume of sales, but it's working. And then it's scalable as long as it's working first or the other way where like, you know, like most of my audience is on Pinterest for whatever reason, they're there more than on Facebook. Uh, and so I reverse engineer the goal and I'm going to commit spending $10,000 this month. So I can actually uh, like have a goal where if experimentation is failing, it's not a failure because you're learning towards like that goal where you're expecting the first 25% of it to be lost in just learning and then it's going to optimize. Um, so that's kind of like the thought, by, uh, the, the thought behind it. Like in 2021, this is, it's definitely different. I would focus on diversification a lot more for, for all kinds of reasons. So I would probably answer that differently than how I just did deciding where I, I'm more comfortable with Facebook ads because it's my experience. So I would say start with Facebook ads. Yes, it's like the most popular and there's a lot of people that can help with that. You can start with it. It's effective, like the low hanging fruit. So Facebook ads is a great way to start with. Um, would you say Facebook ads always going through your own website first, or would you say running what, what kind of, what should that funnel look like for Facebook ads when someone's just getting started? They're, they're just kind of taking it, taking it off of Amazon. Yeah. If just starting the, the most effective is to warmer audience and, uh, just kind of getting traction going because if you're starting up with cold audiences and regardless where you're sending traffic you're going to need a lot of testing before anything works so it's like mentally it's going to suck if you do something and it's not working you're like oh all right i'm done with facebook ads so starting off with warmer audience and whatever that means you know if you're somehow pulling data from amazon which like they don't like that you're like running ads to that like yeah it's going to work a lot better um it's it's more risky but it's working and that's what a lot of brands do and that's kind of like low hanging fruit or you're starting off with cold audiences, but quickly some cold audiences become warmer right away. And you're focusing the, the ads on that. It's like who engaged with the video, who engaged with your piece of content, your chatbot flow, or they're clicking in and taking action. So then you want to make sure you have follow-up ads. That's like the easiest way that most brands aren't doing as like uh, beginners is uh, from the Amazon perspective is you have ads running at a second layer of, retargeting or engaging of, of whoever engaged uh, to some degree uh, with the first with the first level of the ads now i think retargeting is one of like the biggest missed opportunities a lot of people it's the same with even ppc you know when you're not optimizing your ppc 
it's the same thing. You're losing those potential opportunities for sales. So taking that cold audience or that or warmed up audience and setting up those ads and then revisiting, retargeting um, those ads. Now, of the new people that you're working with, are they running ads through their website with the pixel or are they going straight to Amazon? What does that look like? Can they do either or or both? Yeah, most are still going directly to Amazon from the Facebook ad and it's still the, the most ineffective thing you can do. It, it, what happens is that it always works initially because there's external traffic that Amazon senses. So it gives like this false hope, this like false positive signal to sellers like, oh, it's working. I actually had an increase in sales. I noticed that, which it may not have been directly from the ad. It, it could have been from other data that Amazon receives that, oh, there's traffic. There was like add two cards and engagement. So let's boost the rank a little bit and the sale comes in and then the seller does that. It's like, oh, and it's the easy thing. You just create an ad and direct it to Amazon, that's it. It's less work, right? When you, compared to having a landing page or a chatbot kicking in email marketing off of Amazon. So like, that's a lot more work and that's like just way more effective. This is where obviously like other presentations I've done where your conversion rates are just like 10 to hundred times higher when you're having some sort of funnel in the process. That customer journey is extended before somebody goes to Amazon. And this is across industries, even in uh, just like, boring products or like non uh, like viral type of product that go viral or like impulse purchase. Like there's ways you can, the funnel isn't necessarily for the customer journey. It's for the Facebook algorithm. You have to create that funnel for the Facebook algorithm to favor you. And then the customer journey is that it's kind of like the conversion factor. So like first you have to do some things to increase your chance of success versus other Facebook advertisers. And that's, like where you're sending them, having a couple of extra steps in your chat flow or on your website, even if it's like an Amazon focused landing page builder, where it's like, yes, it's very simple, fairly automated building. And like someone has taken an action, that's already a warmer audience. Um, that's kind of like helping the Facebook algorithm where like, yes, there's engagement. We know who's doing something on the website or in the funnel taking steps while everybody else bounces. So like Facebook knows like, all right, good. That's like the bad audience that they, they, uh, they weren't engaging on the, Wow, I hadn't even thought about it that way in terms, I guess if I put myself in the customer's shoes and I clicked on a Facebook ad and it just took me straight to Amazon, I'd be like, uh, okay, okay, wait a minute. So where I know when I've clicked on the other ads where it takes me at least to a landing page to give me a little bit more information or even into a chat bot and says something fun, it does warm me up a little bit more versus like, yeah, I'll shop on Amazon later. You know, like, yeah, I don't really need this right now. So, and then not to mention, like you said, on the side of the Facebook algorithm, the Facebook algorithm is going, okay, they're not just clicking the link and then we lose everything. We actually can give you more data because they went to this chatbot or they went to this landing page. And now we can utilize that data to effectively retarget them to figure out where they fell out of the funnel or what happened or whether they converted. Um, and so you have more steps to track and therefore your ads can become even more optimized and even more effective. Am I on track there? Yeah, exactly. So let me mention like a more advanced tip for whoever's on the call that's like already has experience more advanced based on what you were saying. And this is, uh, you were saying, we're like, you know, if you're like on Facebook and you click and you're on Amazon right away, there are brands, these are the advanced ones that 
have figured that out and that's profitable and they're spending like tens of thousands of dollars like per day on Facebook ads. But you have to understand they spend so much money to get to the point of finding those ads that do that. And it's not always what you think where it's like, all right, here's the, the product image going to Amazon and that's it. There's a lot of psychological and customer journey stuff happening within the ad like process of seeing the ad and like clicking it and going to the Amazon and buying like just that journey and that consistency and the social proof and the offer and then the land and then the Amazon product listing page is like perfect. There's so many things that are in there. You have to spend so much before you get to that point where Amazon sellers that spend hundred dollars or a thousand dollars directly going to Amazon. Like, yeah, I've had like no hundreds of clicks because you can get cheap cost per clicks and like not purchases like, well, that's actually very common. So like you just need to test a lot. So, um, so the, um, those are advanced sellers, but the advanced tip for that is retargeting on top of that will amplify that even more. And even the advanced Amazon sellers that have figured out like aren't doing that. Um, so you'd like just start adding, like segmenting out your campaigns where even with that engagement, there's still like ways that you could build lookalike audiences and kind of get even warmer audiences based on like purchase values and the higher tiers of your audience and targeting to like amplify that even more. So that's kind of like on the advanced side to see from a beginner side, um, like where you're and going. Is there, is there a way to automate that with traffic? Or sorry, with software? <laughs> is that automated? Like in, you, you're always kind of focused on the software that you can build for that. Is there a way to automate that? Or is that more of a, like, no, you need to really get into it and, and figure it out? Uh, yeah, that's fully automatable. It's more of, you have to have the process first of setting it up so you know what that automation is. And the automation is more on the Facebook side. It's knowing who is seeing the ad at what time frame. It's like seeing a certain ad the first seven days, testing like not a discount offer, like a high quality audience type of offer where it could be just a testimonial is like the first or the second ad. While most brands like show a discount right away, that's the ad that's shown seven days later. While first you're getting the warmer audience just from a testimonial or social proof type of ad or like a lifestyle type of ad. Uh, so like, so you have to set those automations like who's seen what and you have to know what ad is shown when and testing the ads to know what ad is working. So there's like process behind it. But once you figure out, then it's just settings in Facebook that like who is seeing what. And then on top of that software automations, whether it's through Zontracker or using a combination of other tools of like getting your audiences into Facebook and having that data feedback um, back to uh, Facebook, just so technically it's like automated. And then Facebook does the actual like targeting and delivery of the ad of like showing the ad to the right person at the right time. That's like all automated, uh, but that you kind of have to get, get to that. So like start simple, getting a conversion. And then this is coming back um, like full circle the other way to the beginner is that first get a conversion going. Don't think about scaling yet. And the conversion means is like, what is that customer journey? Like for some brands, you uh, like Andy was saying like, you might want to run ads to from Google first to your website. That's like the hot, uh, the, the hottest keyword. It's something you know someone's going to buy. And then on Facebook retargeting because the retargeting is probably going to be way cheaper on the Facebook side, but the top of the funnel is going to start off much warmer from coming from Google because somebody already typed what they want. It's not just like, oh, I have a Facebook interest in dogs, which is like half of the people on Facebook. So that's not um, that helpful. So you either like combine channels 
and it could be a very small small spend right just like ten dollars here ten dollars there but it's the perfect combination of ads of this journey plus this journey and the transaction happens after like the second touch point not the first one so like don't stop at the first one when it's like or being upset that like you didn't get the purchase and then you stop there and make sure that happens or it's on the ad side where like all right stick to one one platform just facebook add in like a cold audience type of ad and then a warmer audience ad and then expect the conversions to be like at that second or third level because in most cases this is coming back to the data side that i that i see that the return on ad spend ROAS is like usually under one top of funnel for most brands, even the ones that are spending like $50,000 per day on Facebook ads. It's because they figure out the rest that it just brings up the average and they have a higher percentage of ads, um, ad spend towards the middle and bottom funnel where like it may be like 40% of the ad spend, like 40 to 30%. So that ROAS that's like barely break even depending, are you thinking of like 1.0 or, you know, after COGS, like your break even is like 1.5 or whatever that may be is that the retargeting is when it's profitable and the conversion happens. And the top of funnel is what's scalable or not, because that's like cold audience. You can add more interest, just more creatives, test more stuff, but it has to convert on the middle and bottom funnel. So, um, so for beginners, just think about like just customer centric perspective of just like one person seeing the perfect like ad and then the follow-up ad and, and the offer, but don't think of the offer always as a discount. Like the offer may be uh, just making the micro commitment. So it's not necessarily bigger discount on one unit. The offer may be like more units at, you know, at, at a discount. So the offer, um, I mean, this, is, this is, has to be tested for different categories more or then the offers is just um, other things that you have complimentary, um, you know, just like eBooks, just a simple example, like may or may not work probably won't work in most cases because it's um, so overdone, but other examples of um, just different offers that will work from like straight up like initial ad. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.